Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Well, it's a real privilege uh, today to have uh, Pastor Gary Sprinson. Thank you, uh, worship team, uh, for leading us so wonderfully in worship. Gary, uh, together with his wife, Lorna, been in church pastoral ministry and leadership with the ACC for over 40 years, pastored a church, pioneered. Uh, he's currently the state ministries director for the ACC uh, and is involved in coaching and mentoring and supporting pastors and leaders, which is uh, just a powerful uh, ministry and very needed uh, in the church today. Uh, he uh, uh, travels and, and ministers in different uh, contexts, both in Australia and, and certainly overseas. We've only just met this weekend, but I just uh, sense, uh, like we've known each other for, for a very, very long time. It's just a beautiful spirit about him and uh, a passion for the things of God and the kingdom of God. I know that God is going to speak to us this morning, so let's open our hearts. Give him a big warm welcome as he comes to share the word this morning. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Joe. It's a great delight to be here with you in your beautiful city of Adelaide. And as Joe said, uh, we only met for the first time yesterday. He hasn't got a clue what I preach. Um, no, I seriously, I never take it for granted when I'm given the honour to stand in someone's pulpit and platform. And so thank you for the privilege and the honour. And I, I thought the same last night. We... Um, Pastor Joe and Lena took me out to dinner last night to a lovely restaurant here in Adelaide. I think McDonald's here is very much the same as on the Gold Coast. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't McDonald's. But actually, it's quite funny. I, I walked up to my room last night and I thought, this, I felt like I've known you guys for a long time. That's how I felt. So, praise God. And uh, I actually had, uh, I was sharing with them, I felt an affinity with your church long before... Uh, I ever knew. I would occasionally, when I was in Adelaide, go past this building. Uh, looks different now. By the way, congratulations as a church. This is awesome what you have done with this building. You seriously, massive congratulations. I just, I love it. But I, the church I pastored on the Gold Coast for ten years was called Life Christian Church. So I felt an immediate affinity. Uh, we're family. <laughs> uh, I. I want to share with you this morning a message that I would consider to be one of my life messages. You know, there are certain things that God speaks to you, certain scriptures that God puts in your heart uh, from early days that I think are foundational to how you do life. And for me, this, this scripture I share with you today is, is one of those. I had somebody ask me, I had a pastor ask me a little while ago about longevity and... Um, because, yeah, I, I can't believe that I'm too young to be this old. Um, 44th year in ministry. Started when I was seven. And <laughs> you weren't supposed to laugh at that part. But anyway. Um, and I said, I said to this pastor, I said, I think this that I'm about to share with you this morning is one of the keys. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Let me read it to you. To 23. My son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. 
For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And this is the key verse I want to just focus on this morning. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Another translation says, above all else. That gives it priority. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The original language even has the connotation that it sets the boundaries for your life, your, your heart. Let me tell you a story. Little boy one day is walking beside a lake. As he walks beside the lake, he hears, hey, little boy. He turns around, he can't see anybody and goes to walk on. Again, he hears, hey, little boy. He sees a frog. It's obviously a true story. Um, <laughs> he sees a frog and uh, he goes over and picks the frog up and the frog says, hey, little boy, I'm a very special frog. And if you kiss me, I will turn into a beautiful princess. The little boy puts the frog in his coat pocket and walks on. About 30 seconds later, the frog crawls out of his pocket and up onto his shoulder and taps him on the face and says, hey, little boy, didn't you hear me? I'm a very special frog. And if you kiss me, I will turn into a beautiful princess. And the little boy said, I heard you. Put him back in his pocket and walked on. And about another minute later, the frog, a little more agitated now, crawls up again onto his shoulder and kind of slaps him on the face and says, little boy, didn't you hear me? I'm a very special frog and if you kiss me, I will turn into a beautiful princess. The little boy grabbed the frog and said, I heard you. For crying out loud, I'm a six-year-old boy. All I want is a talking frog. <laughs> now, there is a point to that story. <laughs> the point is that the frog didn't get what it wanted because it didn't understand what was in the little boy's heart. He just wanted a talking frog. Let me tell you that the condition of your heart and what is in your heart, what is inside me and what is inside you, determines the outcomes. That's what this scripture says. It's the wellspring of your life. That's why you need to guard it. Truth is, on the journey of life, and if you've ever been in an area of the country where they have wells, occasionally a cow or some animal may fall in there. You need to get it out because otherwise it poisons the water and it makes everyone who draws from it sick. All the issues of your life are determined by your heart. If you get the right things in your heart, in fact, those verses say it produces life and health. It's amazing, isn't it? We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amazing the interaction, spirit, soul and body and, and how it all intertwines and how many of you have ever had a tension headache? Because you're worried about, oh, it's great living in an Adelaide. Only three people have ever had a tension headache. <laughs> um, how many of you, when you get nervous, don't feel like eating? That's, that's me. Yep. I can see the rest of you. Yes, when you get nervous, you... How many of you feel like eating when you get nervous? So you're, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but it's amazing how what is going on inside us affects us even physically. And we could talk a lot about that. Medical science backs that up. And when I talk about the heart today, I'm talking about this core or centre of your being. Your attitudes, your emotions, your motives, your desires. It's the centre of our 
physical, mental, spiritual life, the essence of all that we are. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said something interesting in verse 35. He said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart or out of the good stored up in him brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure stored up in him brings forth evil things. Here's my question to you this morning. What are you storing up? Some people store up every hurt and every negative thing that's ever happened in their life. We all have that stuff. But some people, they just store it up. Yeah, I remember on the 27th of September in 1982, you said. And they store it up and they store it up. And what are you building up in your heart? What are you storing up? Because it's out of whatever you store up, good or bad, Jesus says, that you bring forth. When I was a kid, my mum my mum had Tupperware. Well, I heard an amen there. Um, <laughs> and she had lots of Tupperware. And there was one particular cupboard where she kept all her Tupperware. And if you opened that cupboard, guess what was there? Tupperware. In fact, there was fear that you could die from an avalanche of Tupperware. <laughs> But nothing else but Tupperware would come out of that cupboard because that's what had been stored in the cupboard. And what you store up in your heart is what's going to determine what is brought forth. Jesus told the parable of the sower and the seed and we know the scripture, we know the story, but I want to take a moment to read it to you if that's okay. From Luke 8 verse 5, a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, Some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who hear the word with joy and when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Everybody say heart. A noble and good heart. Who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. I want you to notice something. I want you to note that the seed is always the same. The seed. How many of you know that the word of God never changes? God himself never changes. His word never changes. It is always, always powerful. The seed never changes in this story that Jesus told. But the condition of the heart, the soil into which it falls, that is the element that changes. Three out of the four do not produce Lasting fruit. Which one are you? Which one are you? 
You see, it's not up to the seed. It's up to the soil. It's, it's the soil that determines the condition of the fruit, of the crop. And it's the soil of our hearts. It's the condition of our hearts that ultimately determines the outcomes of our lives. I don't think we necessarily understand the full significance of this truth. We often look to external factors and circumstances and to be the determining factors of our life, but the issues of our life are not ultimately determined by our education. I believe in a good education. They're not ultimately determined by whether we know the right people or whether we're in the right place at the right time. It's not determined by our background. The parameters of our life are not so much related to external things as they are to internal things. I think sometimes, excuse me, we even look to God and we say, God, when God is saying, I've already sown the seed of my word into your life. The potential of that seed, the power is inherent within what is already within you. Just create the environment within the soil of your heart and your life for there to be great fruit. How many of you know God works from the inside out? Yeah. In fact, it's interesting because in Luke 17, it says that once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God does not come with careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is. Because the kingdom of God is where? Within you, he said. It's within you. The kingdom is happening wherever there is submission to the king. Wherever the king rules, wherever the king reigns, that's where the kingdom is. You see, what's in our hearts can be so refreshing and so enlarging or can be so limiting. The key is what lies within us. One of my favourite stories is a story about Grandpa who used to come and stay with his family for a couple of weeks every year. And uh, he loved spending time with the grandkids. And, but every afternoon about two o'clock he'd lie down and take a nap in the lounge room. And this one particular day the grandkids decided to play a bit of a trick on Grandpa and they got some blue vein cheese which has a distinctive odour. And they, while he was asleep, they rubbed it into his moustache. <laughs> and so a little bit later, Grandpa wakes up and he goes, Phew, smells in the lounge room here, I'm going out into the kitchen. He goes into the kitchen, oh, smells in the kitchen here too, I'm going into my bedroom. He goes into the bedroom, oh, it stinks in here too. I'm going out in the backyard, get some fresh air. He goes out into the backyard and takes a big breath. Oh, the whole world stinks. Now, sometimes people get the attitude that the whole world stinks, but it's something they're carrying. It's something that they're carrying. Make sure that you're not carrying blue vein cheese in your attitude, in your heart. It might be nice with a bit of quince paste or something, but it's not something you want to carry around. Another of my favourite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, and I... To him, now to him who is able to, and I love the old 
English version because it's almost like it gives a bit of sense that Paul was struggling to get enough superlatives to describe this. He says, to him who was able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Wow. How many of you know God's able to do exceeding abundantly above? The NIV says immeasurably more than we ask or even think. That's awesome. Because that means the moment you can think of it, God's already bigger than it. You're not going to get to heaven. Joseph, you're not going to get to heaven and God go, the problem with you, Joseph, you just thought too big. I'm only God. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's interesting. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything we ask or even think. But that's not the end of the verse. Because he goes on to say it's according to the power that works in us. It's according to the power that works in us. That's amazing, hey, when you stop and think about the first part of that verse. So the limitation is not really with God. It's not with God. I mean, you think about this church and it's just so great being here and I sense God in the house this morning during the praise and worship and, and to, to just hear a little of the journey and to see where you're at and the church is growing and exciting and uh, things will change and it'll move forward and, and I felt God drop a couple of things in my heart this morning. But, but what could be? I, I just happen to believe that while ever there is still one person in the city who does not know, yet know Jesus, the church is too small. So how, how big could you think or imagine this church could be? I mean, it's just an example of, of God is able to do exceeding abundantly above whatever we ask or think. Could you think a thousand? Could you think... 1,500 people? Could you think 2,000 turning up on a Sunday? Can you think? Because I reckon God's already bigger than even that. But it's often, well, it's not often it is. It's according to what's at work in us. And the challenge is that sometimes the power working within us and in our heart is not conducive to the outcomes and the bigness of God. And what we fill our life with determines the power that works within us. And if, if you're filled with hurt, if we're filled with anger, if we're filled with bitterness, or if we're filled with negativity, or if we're filled with small thinking, then that becomes the power that's at work within us. And we could mentioned many other qualities and characteristics that can fill our lives sometimes. The power of fear becomes so limiting. But if, on the other hand, we are filled with the qualities of God's nature and of God's life and all that he is and his character, if we're filled with things like faith and we're filled with things like love and joy and peace and Forgiveness and creativity and generosity and so many things that we could talk about. Then I want to suggest that God is able to do so much more in us and through us. 
What's the power at work in you today? What's the power at work in your heart? When I was in high school, uh, I think it was year eight, <coughs> excuse me, we, we did a physics experiment. And it was last century. Um, how many of you went to school last century? <laughs> in fact, it was quite a while back in the last century. <laughs> And uh, what we had to do in this experiment was they gave us, and this tells you how long ago it was because they still called it a one-gallon can, um, which is about four and a half litres for those of you who are uneducated. Um, (laughs) They gave us this one-gallon can and we had to put a bit of water in it, had a screw top, we'd take the top off and put a bit of water in it. Then we put it over a Bunsen burner, which is a little gas burner that was on the the physical, the, the, yeah, phys ed, the chem, chemical benches, chemistry benches and whatever, and turn the flame on, heat the water in the can, and as it heated up and began to boil, uh, some of the heat, the air heated up, the water heated up, turned to steam, and it began to escape out through the top. And uh, after letting that ha- go for a couple of minutes, we were told to turn the flame off and then just screw the cap on. And, of course, what happens with physics and you, you know this, is that you heat the air inside the can, it expands, some of it's forced out. When we seal it and it cools down, it condenses again, and we, we've actually created a partial vacuum. And to our amazement, here's this seemingly strong tin can, but to our amazement over the coming minutes, as the air inside it cooled and condensed, it began to just crumple in on itself. Because the pressure inside the can was less than the atmospheric pressure outside. The point being that you've got to pay attention to what's on the inside. And a lot of people, how many of you know there's a lot of atmospheric pressure in life? Uh, and more than ever today, we face so much atmospheric pressure, if I use that terminology, of, from the media and from culture and so many areas that... We need to be strong on the inside. We need to note and take care of what we're filling the inside of our lives with our thinking and our heart. Because if we're not strong on the inside, let me tell you, the pressure, the external atmospheric pressure will cause you and me to crumple and to cave in sometimes. Pay attention to what's on the inside, to your heart. See, one of the big things that Jesus came to do was to heal people's hearts. Luke 4.18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the what? The broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed. Many people come to the Lord. They have an encounter with God. They come to faith. They get saved. They love him, but they don't get their heart healed. And God wants us to have a heart that is whole. And there's so many people, we live in an increasingly broken society. Those of us who know and love Jesus and have invited him, simple terminology, but have invited him into our hearts. When I was a little kid in Sunday school, we sang this song, Into my heart, into my heart. 
into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. How many of you know that song? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you sing it with me? Why did you leave me <laughs> hanging out in the breeze? <laughs> because how many of you know we need Jesus in our heart? We need his presence. We need his transforming power and his ongoing work in our lives. But so many, even so many Christians, filled with their lives, their hearts are broken or twisted or bitter or warped or hurt or filled with negativity or discouragement. We all go through those things. There's not one of us that walks through, maybe in Adelaide it's different, but in the rest of the country. Now the truth is that every one of us, it's the... The journey, it's the human experience that all these things will come against us from time to time. There is opportunity for cows to fall in the well. But the moment it does, that, doesn't, that in itself is not wrong. That's the norm. But you've got to make sure it doesn't stay there. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Like, be careful what you let get in. So many years ago in ministry, in the first three years of ministry, God spoke to me about this. I had somebody three years into pastoring a church. It had been going really great. And then someone was unbelievable. Someone didn't like me. At, I know. It's, yeah, like you can't, you can't believe it either. <laughs> yeah. And they, they actually got quite nasty and they, they even wrote, it was back in the day when Pastor Andrew Evans, many of you would, would know Pastor Andrew Evans was our national superintendent. And they even wrote to Pastor Andrew Evans complaining about me. I was devastated. Couldn't believe it. But through that journey, and I don't have time to tell you, obviously I survived, uh, but, but through that journey, God spoke to me about this. Guard your heart. Above a few things. No, no, above what? Yeah, wow. Above all else. Guard your heart. Why such a priority? Oh, and listen, there's been times when I have been so tempted and I've actually felt justified. I have the right to hang on to this hurt. I didn't do anything wrong and sometimes that's the truth. And sometimes stuff comes your way and afflicts you and it's not because you're fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we've created environments. It's, it's just life. But whatever the reason that stuff comes your way and confronts your heart, guard your heart. Don't let stuff get into the well. Sometimes it takes an effort to get it out. I had a leader many years ago who, yeah, betrayed me significantly. It took me close to a year to get over that. I just had to determine, and I knew the day, I knew the day I was free. I knew the day I got the dead cow out of the well. <laughs> like I, I knew, I, I knew the day, it's okay. But I want to just encourage you this morning, how's your heart? What are you storing up? Let me just, as we draw to a finish this morning.
maybe our keys player could just come up if you don't mind. Let me just give you a few quick scriptures and they won't come up on the screen because it was just Proverbs 12.25. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. How true is that? Proverbs 14.30. A sound heart is life to the body. Like it's so true. We said it earlier. We get tension headaches and we get nervous and it affects us physically and all sorts of things. Stress is one of the greatest damages to our physical well-being. But a sound heart is life to the body. Envy is rottenness to the bones. Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Oh, that's interesting. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. That's an old word for face. So it should show on your face. You ever met Christians who look like they've been baptised in lemon juice? (laughs) Praise God. No, I'm dancing on the, I'm joyful on the inside. No, 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 no. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Last one that I'll share with you. A cheerful heart, Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Oh, a crushed spirit dries the bones. A cheerful heart is good medicine. How many of you watched, saw that movie Patch Adams years ago based on a true story of the doctor? Yeah doctor who just went in as a clown or whatever to make people laugh and medical science has since proven that it actually is true. How amazing. God knew that before medical science ever realised. Huh, funny, eh? A cheerful heart. What's in a person's heart determines the state of their, their life. Just my last point. I'm a visiting preacher. I get three closes, all right? (laughs) There was this verse in the Old Testament used to puzzle me, Exodus 7, 3, and it's talking about Pharaoh. And God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. And I used to think, man, that's, if God hardens your heart, that's, that's tough. What hope have you got? But one day I just had this kind of revelation about this that I want you just to imagine for one minute. Imagine that in this hand I have a ball of wax. Ball of wax. And in this hand I have a ball of clay. And we go out into the car park and between the showers, imagine the sunshine. And we put both those both those balls, the ball of wax and the ball of clay, and we just sit it on the, the asphalt in the car park. And it's interesting. Same environment, same sunshine, same temperature. Everything is the same except the consistency and the nature of the ball. And one, as you know, I don't have to tell you, what will happen to the ball of clay? It will harden. What happens to the ball of wax? It'll soften. And I've seen that same dynamic happen in the lives of people. Two people may be sitting beside each other in a meeting. The presence of God is so real and so powerful and one softens and one hardens. 
It's the nature of what's in us. It's what's in us. I want to just encourage you this morning. How's your heart? It's the wellspring of your life. We've all got stories. We've all got, I can tell you my stories, and, but we didn't have enough tissue boxes this morning to pass them around. We've all got stories. Hurt, pain, disappointment, all sorts of things. But ultimately, it's what we do with that and what is the condition of our heart. That's what God's interested in. That's what He's first and foremost interested in this morning. He wants you to have a heart that's whole, a heart that's healthy. And that sometimes that can be an instance. Sometimes, as I've experienced, sometimes I've got to work at that. I've got to be intentional. I've got to get the dead cow out of the well. I've got to... But guard your heart. How's your heart this morning? What are you storing up? Is this stuff you need to let go of? You know, sometimes you're talking about doing a spring clean or something. Sometimes you do a spring clean, do an inventory, do a spring clean of your heart. Why don't you bow your head? Just close your eyes this morning. Lord, I thank you for your amazing, incredible love and grace to us. God, I thank you for every person in this auditorium this morning. Thank you for your never-ending love toward us. Jesus, I thank you because you came to heal broken hearts. And God, this morning, you know the condition of every single heart in this house. Whether it's our fault, whether it's happened to us, whether, Lord, at the end of the day, That's not the issue. Help us now. Even in these few moments before we conclude this service, help us, Lord, just to do a scan of our heart. Take inventory. And if there's stuff we've been storing up that's detrimental to us and to your purpose in us, God, help us right now, I pray. Just to identify it and to give it to you. Just right now, while every head's bowed, every eye closed, first, I just want to give opportunity if there's anybody here this morning and you don't even have a relationship with God. You've never said yes to God. You've never said yes to Jesus. And if there's anybody here this morning and that's you, the best thing you can do, the starting point to getting your heart whole and living a life of purpose that God created you for is to say yes to Him. And you might not understand all that that means. I'm not asking you to get religious. I'm just asking you to open your heart to a God who loves you and cares for you more than you know. But if you're here this morning, that's you either for the very first time or maybe you've disconnected with God. You maybe knew Him, but you walked away, drifted away, and today you need Him in your heart. If that's you, just give me a wave right now. If there's anybody here this morning, if you need to invite Jesus into your heart for the very first time or to reconnect with Him. Anybody here this morning? Okay. Just for everybody else. We don't have time for an altar call this morning, but at the end of the day, and I love altar calls, at the end of the day, it's not what happens so much here. It's 
what happens in your heart and your transaction with God. If God has spoken to you this morning and you know there's some stuff you just need to get rid of, you need to get out of your heart, I want you just right now to identify that very clearly between you and God. Say, God, I'm carrying that hurt. I'm carrying that bitterness. I'm carrying that anger. I'm carrying that disappointment. I'm whatever it is. And I want you to tell God, God, I don't want it. I want to get rid of it. And I want you to give it to Him. I want you to give it to Him and let it go this morning. Lord, right now, for every heart, every person in this auditorium, as we individually, every individual just does this moment of business with you. God, I pray that you'd take weights off, you'd bring healing to hearts, that you'd bring release and liberty and wholeness. God, break chains of bondage, I pray this morning, over people's hearts. Heal hurt. Come and touch hearts this morning that we might be people with healed hearts who can take your healing and your wholeness to a world around us and a community around us that needs you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you. Let's all stand together. What a great word. Powerful word. Um, David prayed, create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Um, David said, search me, oh God, I know my heart. Test me. And my anxious thoughts, see if there's, see if there's something in me. Some, sometimes we know the stuff that's in us, sometimes we don't even know. But God knows. And it's as, as He brings it up, we can begin to deal with that in Jesus' name. So in a pure heart before God. It's a powerful word. Father, just thank You for Your Word. Lord, um, You know our hearts better than we even know ourselves. Just help us, God, to have a heart that's pleasing to You, that's to serve You, Lord God to have a heart that, that honours you in everything that we do, we pray. We love you, God, and we thank you. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As always, there might be some people that do want prayer. We, we, we'll be here at the front, happy to pray for anyone. Uh, with the rest, let's have a great week in Jesus' name. Wednesday night this week, we have uh, life groups. This is life group week, and uh, let's be part of that in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you.